When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! And a good morning, Eagles fans. It is Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Usually, if this was a regular week in the NFL, we'd still be looking back at the Sunday game and analyzing, probably overanalyzing. But well, we're going to do some of that today. We got to turn the page. Yeah, the Eagles got to turn game. it quick, man. man. I, don't like, I don't like it, Jody. I don't like it, especially well, this early. I don't like don't Thursday like games. The players don't like it. Yeah. You know who likes it? The owners who line their pocket yeah. for a big fat check from Amazon for streaming Thursday night games. And that's why the Eagles and the Vikings will be playing before yeah. we even I know. think Eagles fans will like it after they're 2-0 and on Thursday night. But, uh, yeah, I, I there's no prep. There's no practice. I You know, it's like an NBA game. You know, you don't practice, but you go from Monday to Wednesday. And, uh, you know. You just basically do what you do um, more than game plan. And I'll give you a reason why I like it less this time. That I'm with you. I know no one really likes Thursday night games. Except Kelsey. But the reason why I like it less this week is the Eagles played the game they played on Sunday. And they won. And that's the most important thing that outweighs everything else. But it wasn't picture perfect it had it was disjointed and had questions attached to it after the fact and Nick Zigani addressed some on Sunday and he addressed more yesterday and I do want to get into all that with you but just generally speaking the Eagles look like a team that weren't ready for week number one plain and simple that at least that's my evaluation of the game so what do you do when you play that type of a game 
you go back to work and you double down. Oh, they can't go back to work because they got a game in just a couple of days. They got to go right back at it. If ever there was a week that you wanted to put in a little extra work, and yeah, I know you're going to tell me the CBA isn't going to allow you, Joe. I get it. But take yeah. every friggin' minute that you can to get some extra work in. Can't do it because you got a Thursday game. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, you know, and I, th I think it's favorable for the Eagles. They're the home team, obviously. Uh, they don't have to travel, at least. Uh, right. They're the better team. I think ultimately in this type of situation, the better team tends to win because of the lack of preparation. So I think it's a good spot for them, and I think it'll be fine once, it over, once it's over. And then the silver lining is that mini-buy, and, Maybe you can get Rashawn Evans up to speed quickly. Uh, we'll talk about him uh, and and try to get him on the field because um, you're not going to have Nicobe Dean for multiple weeks. So um, there's a silver lining, and they'll get through it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just don't like it in general because of the lack of preparation. And uh, obviously lack of preparation. You know, the Eagles were sloppy, uh, in new England. I think we can all agree with that. Maybe understandably so for how they do things in, in over the summer. Um, and I think that's going to continue here. Um, and maybe they could have fixed some more things in a normal week, but they're not going to get that opportunity. So right. your, your point of, yeah. Hey, both teams are playing shorthanded. Both teams yeah. have to make the quick turnaround. And if anything, the Eagles have a little bit of benefit because the game's in their house, so they don't have to get a plane. They don't have to travel. They don't have to go to a hotel. Uh, so uh, on any any given Thursday, the road team is at a bigger disadvantage, and that's the Vikings in this case. Yeah, you're right about that. But I'd love to see them get a little bit more practice time in. And Nick Sirianni did say it after the game on Sunday. <laughs> Maybe I need to reevaluate how I handle preseason. And preseason, for me, they're defined as preseason games. Maybe meant more than maybe meant more practice time. How many 48 minute practices did you have this summer, John? A couple of them that uh, I know that uh, you're only allowed an hour and 15, but the Eagles were, would almost always take the short end of the length of practices. When he said that, I, I got to tell you, my jaw almost hit my chest. Uh, I didn't think that that's where Nick was going to go after the game. Do you think there was a conversation I had shortly thereafter? between Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman at all, that this is, you and I have both agreed, I'll, I'll ask you to double down on it, I surely believe it, that this is an organizational decision more than it is a coaching decision. If Nick uh, Sirianni <laughs> had complete power and control over the organization, I don't think they'd practice as short and as uh, infrequently as they do with walkthroughs and everything else. This is an overall Eagles decision as to how to handle their workload in the summer. You think Cowie just said, I, I got to give Nick his uh, rope to hang himself here mm -hmm. in 21, or do you think he was like, what are you talking about? We're rethinking. We do things the Eagle way during the summer. We'll do them the exact same way again next year. Do you think there was a conversation between Nick and Cowie after the coaches <laughs> uh, foray into reevaluation after the game on Sunday? No, no. I mean, remember where we are week one of a very long season. Most people, not all people, but most people will forget about it. You know, coaches say a lot of things off the cuff after a game. 
uh, one of my, I always say, nobody's under oath in these things. They mm-hmm. just, sometimes they're under a stream of consciousness. Um, so no, I mean, they won a football game. Howie's not going to go up to him and say, hey, stop that. Uh, you know, now if he's next summer and he says, you know what, I, I want to play the starters into the third quarter, you know, how he might at that point yeah, say, yeah, you know yeah. what, we're not going to do that. Not, not um, go crazy. Uh, yeah. there's, there's one thing to readjust your position to become yeah. Andy Reid like <clears throat> and say, we're going to get uh, as prepped as we can for week one. I don't expect that. And, and by the way, while I, you know, can, there's no doubt the start of this was an organizational decision. And, and most coaches are, you know, I, I always say I've never met the football coach that doesn't want to practice uh, and I've yet to meet him. And that includes Nick, but I do think he's a little more open-minded about it because it has worked. Um, I think he's eased up on it a little bit um, and it has helped. And especially with this team, because you do have so many veteran players who can, you know, like this, another, another advantage, like the Eagles are good at walkthroughs. There's no intangible. I mean, they're good at it because they have veteran players and and they know how to get ready. You know, you, you might bring in a, a younger player and the Eagles have plenty of them as well, who are probably not as adept at handling it, but their core players are very adept at handling it. And a lot, a lot of teams don't have that continuity. So I think that's an advantage as well because – the Vikings aren't practicing this week. They're not having practice. They're having walkthroughs. Everybody does it this way. It's not just the Eagles on these Thursday night games. So I think that's another advantage for them, um, that they'll be able to handle that better. Um, and it's proven to be the case in the past. And, you know, as I said, Kelsey's the one guy. Oh, no, I like it. I was shocked to hear it uh, when he first said that. Um but everybody, but I think Kelsey's also smart enough. I not think I know he's smart enough that, you know, he knows everybody else isn't like him. Right. Um, in his instance, you know, he's an old guy. He's banged up. He's like, yeah, just let me play the games, um, and he can handle that. Not a lot of people can handle it. One thing that uh, you have to factor in if you are the Eagles, it's evaluating week by week by week by week progress the team's making and what did we do that perhaps had an impact on what just happened is we give the Eagles credit in that they've been a very healthy team and doing less, putting their players at less risk could equate to them not having to deal with significant injuries. Well, guess what? Not so much after week one this year, because Nicobe Dean is going to be out for multiple weeks. James Bradbury's in concussion protocol and usual timing of players that have this uh, injury and have to be out for a certain number of times and cleared by an independent doctor. Doesn't bode well for being ready to go for Sunday, let alone Thursday. So I think it's all but a foregone conclusion that Bradbury's going to be out this week. You got a bunch of other guys who supposedly would have missed practice if there was practice uh, that they put out a, a, a projected estimation. Injury list. Yeah. Estimation. Estimated. Thank you yeah. for giving me the right word. Um, Reed Blankenship, Fletcher Cox. Uh, the, the Eagles didn't get out of week one unscathed, Johnny Mac. And if part of the argument for doing less is, yeah, well, but you get less injured. Well, no, they didn't. Not after week one this year. 
No. Um, and that's, you know, Howie's been very honest about that. Dating back to the off season, he said, you know, you can't count on that again, uh, as healthy as we were last year. Um, you know, you saw what happened to Aaron Rodgers and your Jets last night. Um, there's some things you can't prepare for. Now, in the case of, of you know, a concussion, look, with James Bradbury, maybe he gets, again, this is Thursday night. Maybe you can get through the protocol, especially he doesn't have a lengthy history of con- concussions. If this were a Sunday game, he might be able to play. He's not going to be able to get through it by Thursday. Um, and that's another issue with these games. Um, you know, Fletch after the game from guys I was talking to, um, said he was fine. I expect him to play. Um, and, and we'll see about the other guys, uh, Reed and Kenny Gainwell specifically, uh, because obviously N'Kobe's not going to play. Um, so, it's not terrible. I mean, people get banged up in games and if you lose one player now, you don't want to lose Nicobe Dean, um, especially uh, with the Eagles in their linebacker situation. Um, and it, as I said, it's going to be multiple weeks and they might, you, you know, need the roster spot. So my, my thought process there is they're probably going to put him on injured reserve, uh, short-term injured reserve. So he'll probably miss four games. But um, it's not terrible. I mean, guys, you know, if, if Cox plays and, and Bradbury, as I said, probably isn't going to play, but that has more to do with the timing than anything else. Um, and then you have two open-ended. We're going to have to see with Reed Blankenship and Kenny Gainwell, see how really banged up they are. But here's and and I hope the Eagles. I hope Fletcher Cox plays and plays to the level that he played this past week because he played pretty well, specifically in the fourth quarter, yeah. made a couple of really big plays for them. Uh, and it, that Gainwell is fine, and we'll see how they handled the running back situation. Um, and I didn't necessarily buy what the coach was selling about uh, the the way that they handled some of their offensive players this past week. We'll get to that in a second, but. Um, injuries are good when you, the game starts. They're in the starting line, quote-unquote starting line. They're good to play in the first quarter. They get out there in the first quarter. Whatever the key plays are, much more important than ooh, who plays the first play. Um, but then there's a chance for re-injury. And how many guys have we over the years, we've been doing Birds 365, yeah, but he's playing hurt. We, we, we always give a little bit of a, a little more rope, a little bit of an excuse if a guy's playing hurt. Well, he's playing hurt, guess what? That means he's not playing as well as he – we never go, the guy was playing hurt, and he played tremendously. No, the only guy we ever broach it is when he doesn't play as well as expected. That scares me a little bit with all the guys who were out yesterday with quote-unquote ribbons. Yeah, it could could be an issue, um, especially with the short turnarounds. Uh, Again, maybe more of an issue than you can work through it a little bit more on a Sunday game. but yeah, I mean that's why. Yeah, I I I can't emphasize enough how important you know the cliche best abil- uh, ability is availability. Yeah. Um, the guys that are durable um, and get through these games. Now I I can tell you a hundred percent whether whatever name you want to throw out there uh, of the guys the the T J Edwards the Marcus Epps's the 
the Kaiser Whites, the Bradburys, the Slays. Oh, they were all banged up at times, and they're playing through it. Um, that's the nature of the NFL, but that's everybody. That's every team. That's every – and, that, man, if you can get out there um, and, and, and you play at a high level because people don't know you're injured, <laughs> that's, that's where coaches really love you. But coaches also love guys who play through stuff. I always bring up Nate Gary because the fan base hated him um, playing through a sports hernia. Um, And and there was this giant disconnect between Jim Swartz and Ken Blajol, who was the linebackers coach at the time. And they would always talk him up. And you're like, he's not playing that well. He's not playing that well. And then it comes out, he's playing with this. And they didn't have anybody else. So they had tremendous respect for him. Um. So, yeah, it works both ways. But there's a lot of guys that, that play through injuries you never hear about because they don't want it on uh, – Kirk Cousins, a perfect example, is coming in this week. Everybody can watch the show on Netflix. He was playing through a, a rib injury for the entire season. They never put him on the injury report. The guy couldn't move on Wednesdays. By Sundays, he's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens all the time in the NFL. So, um, yeah, I mean, guys who can play through that and play at a high level, um, that's part of it. That's part of the NFL. All right. And before we punch up our first guest, Jeff Kerr is going to join us coming up here in a couple of minutes um, about the linebacker position. I thought Nicobe Dean played well week one. I thought he was solid. I thought he did his job. I didn't think he flashed. I didn't think he was brilliant. Uh, he was he was a good, solid middle linebacker for the Eagles. And now they don't have him. So Christian Ellis comes off the bench, and I did see this morning he was the lowest-rated Eagle player by PFF, uh, over, just overall ranking of all the <laughs> Eagles from Sunday. Now, uh, he did come in last year and, and improve special teams. He did show early in camp that, man, he's got a chance to be part of the linebacking uh, crew this year. Kind of tailed off as the preseason went. Didn't play well week one when he got in there for N'Kobe Dean. Is it just a given that he's going to be slotted in at linebacker? Or does a guy like Nicholas Morrow, who we <laughs> thought, could be a starter that ends up not making the team and is slow to come back to the practice squad because he wants to be somewhere else. And he eventually rejoins the Eagles. Who's taking the Kobe spot? Uh, I think again, because of the timing, which is going to be a theme, I, I do think it's going to be Christian this week. Um, and then the next week in Tampa Bay, then I think you have other stuff on the table, uh, whether it's, Nicholas Morrow or Rashawn Evans, who they just brought into the practice squad, um, especially if he plays poorly. Um, you know, if he plays well, he probably locks down the job. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he didn't play well. Um, you know, I will say Nicobe because I said, you know, I did get a chance to finally watch the game again. I, I thought he was really good uh, in run support, really good. And I thought he was really poor in coverage, which is, you know, kind of the part issue. of the job. Uh, they yeah. kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, but I thought he was really good. Um, and, and then I went to the PFF grades and I said, well, let me see, you know, because sometimes they disagree. And no, they had him way up there, 90, over 90 as a run defender. Um, but under, you know, 
43.9 as a pass defender. So the eye test matched the film right. with Kobe. Um, and, you know, I thought it was a positive first step. <clears throat> I thought if he got to the finish line and played the whole game and he's in there in week two, I would have said, yeah, that's a nice little debut, uh, starting debut. But he didn't get to the finish line. The durability is an issue. Let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. You're sticking your head in the sand if you're not worried about this kid long term. I mean, he had the ankle injury. The Giants were very honest about not drafting him, rare to the point where it, it opened my eyes because I'm like, teams usually don't say this out loud. And they said, Yeah, he's got a shoulder problem, might be degenerative, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'm like, Wow, all right. But that might explain his fall from bridge pick you know bottom of the first round early second round to where he was selected um and then you have the ankle already and now you have the foot man it's it's a tough position it's a physical position and you're going to take a pounding there and that's why i said don't dismiss you know i i'm a big tj edwards fan anybody who listens to the show knows i am because he made his he remade his body. I wish people could see TJ Edwards standing next to Nicobe Dean and see the difference from a physical standpoint. Like he is prepared to take 20 games of pounding. Now he might go out next week and blow out his Achilles, Jody. I mean, you never know in this league. 100% injury rate. But as far as the little things, he's prepared. He has built up his body to be prepared for the the pounding that he's going to take. Um, I don't know if N'Kobe Dean can last. Well, he's not going to last. I mean, he's not going to last the whole season. He's going to miss multiple weeks at, at the best in the best case scenario. All right. That's already been determined. And if I sound like a broken record, you're worried about sounding like a broken record with TJ Edwards. Shame on Jonathan Gannon and the linebacker coach uh, for not getting more snaps last year. I'm sorry. That helps build up your physical tolerance, your knowledge, your experience. How he only got 34 snaps last year is beyond me. I just that, 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 that I get it. The Eagles were in the midst of making a quote unquote Super Bowl run and they were undefeated till midseason and a lot of things line up. It's your job. Even maybe Gannon was at the door and Gannon was public enemy number one. And he's only added to that status with the stupid things that he said since he's left. Well, that was part of it, that he was looking for his next, I got to win every single game because I want to be head coach in the league next year. There's no way that he should have only had 32 snaps. And I'm not saying, oh, he doesn't get hurt against New England if he had 57 snaps last year. I don't know that. Nobody knows that. But the Eagles mishandled that last year. Should have. By the way, he's there. already at uh, 49, so... He already lapped his uh, one game. He's yeah. lapped the entire year. Uh, but here's the problem. It's 49 and holding, not going anywhere for the next several weeks because the Eagles will be without him. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. The Mac guys. Let's get guest number one up for a Tuesday affair. Usually joined us on Monday. All right. He's traveling. He's coming back from his weekend workout there on the NFL trail. Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports jumping in with us here on Birds 365. <laughs>
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. You got your MAGA Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald here with John Birds 365. We are joined by the King Kegler himself. I like throwing that word out. <laughs> Kegley. Uh, our buddy Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com. How was your return trek yesterday, Mr. Kerr? Um, no traffic. I avoid New York because I go over the I I still call it the Tappan Zee Bridge, but I think it's the Cuomo Bridge now. But uh, I I'm call it the Tappan Zee Bridge too, Jeff. It'll be Don't the Tappan Zee Bridge. If, 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 if depending on your age, it'll yeah. be the Tappan Zee Bridge forever. Yes. I, I I need to know this, guys. Why did I come home? I'm ten minutes away from a guy that they can't find for thirteen days. So I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to worry about that, man. Are you on lockdown? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not on lockdown because I'm in the suburban area, but we've been seeing helicopters. Now he's got a day. gun, Jeff. You got to lock that down. If you want to get yeah, up, lock I down. I think he's in a suburban area. Yeah. I don't think you're safe because you're in a suburban area. Either you're close enough to where they last spotted him or you're not. Yeah. Uh, we all know where he is. That's the problem. They might, <laughs> That's they, why I'm not yeah. going anywhere. Well, yeah, they might need your help. So you might have to go because they're not doing a good job. So they might, uh. They might need Jeff Kerr's help to find uh, this. Uh, uh, I, I shouldn't go down that route. I'll get myself in trouble, but we'll go <laughs> to the uh, Eagles. All right. We were talking about N'Kobe Dean defense. You know, I forgot to look. And and my my fault. So you're you're a stat guy. So I'm going to lean on, on your expertise. Sean Desai, blitz rate. What do we have? Did you check it out yet? I didn't get to that part yet, but I will say I think it was around the same Gannon was yeah. last year. I, you think I think so? it was when 
I think it was when he dialed up the blitzes. Uh, you know, we're talking about this, you which know, is is a big difference. Yeah, that could be a big difference. But I did now. I looked at it individual, but I didn't chart. So Reed rushed three times. Um, um, Zach Cunningham twice and Christian Ellis twice. Now I have to chart it to see if those were actual blitzes. Could be his own blitz. You know, technically a blitz is when you bring one or more extra. He um, sent so, an extra rusher on the Carter sack. Yeah, so it depends. But there wasn't a lot of blitzing, but I think there's that perception that there was. Is it just because of what you said, the the spots, picking the right spots? Yeah, I've so this is what I noticed, and I'm still rewatching the game. I'm actually in the third quarter, but I was even noticing this in the first half. He blitzes a lot, not on third down, but on if he gets a second and long, he wants to make it even longer on third down. I've noticed that it's it's kind of the timing of its blitzes. Like if they get a, a, a stop on the run on the first, by the way, the pitchers could not run the ball at all Sunday, which. I was kind of surprised about, but yeah, if he had here. like a yeah, if he had like a second and nine, second and eight, he was sending somebody because he knew when Bill O'Brien was going to throw the football. And I, I mean, yeah, the middle of the field was wide open a lot of times, but Jalen Carter, I think on the Andre Stevenson, the, the big catch and run he had, Jalen Carter was right there. It was more Mac Jones just stepping up in the pocket and finding somebody. Yeah, Jalen Carter I, was impressive. Oof. I have a blitz question. Um, is a blitz defined or determined by how many guys come or is it determined by whether you start with your hand on the ground or not? Because the Eagles rush a lot of five defensive linemen. They line up with five guys on a defensive line. Again, old school NFL guy that I am, regular rush is four guys. If a fifth guy comes, even if he starts with his hand on the ground, to me, that's a blitz. You're adding another guy. Usually it's four on five. You're four defensive linemen against their five offensive linemen. If you go five on five, that to me is bringing an extra guy. Do we just discount the fact that the Eagles use a five-man line as often as they do? So we have a partnership with True Media, and we got a lot of like PFF staffers that you know are – that defected over the true media. So I asked them this one time last year. I, I'm glad you pointed this out, Jerry. They define a blitz as when you send an extra rusher. And it has to be clear as day you send an extra rusher. So I said, well, what about five-man fronts? And this is why I think yeah. it's interesting. They, they don't count that. It's no. so if you send like a Zach Cunningham or – And again, what, what defines alignment? Does it have to be you're bent over with your hand down? Or if you're standing, but you're on the line, do you have to be within 18 inches of the football? How do you define what is or is an alignment? Yeah, I think it's more because of the edge position now, because you don't have to put your hand in the ground, so to speak. Yeah. It's basically after the quarterback. And you know, this is another debate that was on my Twitter yesterday, but again, I was driving home. I, I completely ignored the I've been ignoring a lot of things lately. You know, Lane Johnson wasn't credited with allowing a sack, and people were debating that. And I said, well, technically he didn't allow a sack um, yeah. on the match. Because like, that's – they just let the guy unprotected. You know, Lane Johnson never technically blocked him. That wasn't his guy. 
Yeah, it's always subjective because, I mean, you know, nobody's going to raise his hand. Sean decides not going to raise his hand and say, okay, we're blitzing now. Um, so, yeah, to Jeff's point, you got to send an extra rusher and he's got to be off the line of scrimmage because, or, or, and by off the line of scrimmage, I don't mean, you know, you can be an edge player like Hassan Reddick. But Jordan Davis, right? Jordan's the fifth guy, typically the nose tackle. That, that's a run support defense. Now, if you get surprised and they play action and all of a sudden Jordan's trying to rush the passer as an – well, that's obviously not a blitz. So some of it is just, you know, uh, common sense. But, yeah, they're not going to – they're not going to say a bunch of interior uh, nose tackles and four-eye techniques never blitz. Yeah, they can, they can drop in coverage, but they can't by definition blitz. Blitz, right. Um so you're you're talking about linebackers, you're talking about defensive backs, um, and 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 things like that, uh, more than anything else. But and and then it comes into the four versus five. You got to send the extra man. So that's kind of how they do it. By the way, True Media, my buddy Tony Khan owns True Media, so we'll give him a shout out. Um, one of his eighteen companies he owns. Uh, I'm going to um, tell people this now. They do not make stuff up because I'm talking with them throughout the game. And they go, how many pressures you have for car? Because they knew I was watching. I said, I got six. And they're like, that's what we got. And he ended up with eight. So Yeah, he had eight. Well, I think he had six um, from next-gen stats. And I think he had eight from pro football focus. So there is some kind of disconnect. There's always a little bit. It's not perfect. It's not a perfect science um, by any stretch. But he was really good. <laughs> Yeah. He was. Yeah. Uh, he so was, that was Jordan Davis, by the way. He was. Really yeah. Oh, too. Jordan was great. Jordan Davis was great. I thought. I thought Carter Davis and Reed Blankenship were great on, on for the most part. I think those were the three best Eagles defenders. Um, and and Fletcher was really good as well. I throw him in the equation. Um, yeah, their 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 front was. You saw that – I'm sure you saw the crazy stat of, of the get-off of the Eagles rushers. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. It's like, what was it, four of the top six four, in the entire four the league? Six, four of the yeah. top six and three of the top five. And Yeah. I mean, they were all young guys. And yeah. I said – the Fletcher Cox after the game, I said, there's Georgia boys. He said, yeah, they're going to be good. <laughs> he said, they're, they're going to be good. So, yeah, yeah it's – now they I'm have very impressed with that defensive line. They have to have the guys behind them playing well. And we know it's not going to be N'Kobe Dean for the next several weeks. You, John and I kind of agree on this one. If he's going to miss three weeks, then you're probably going to keep him out four because you're going to put him on IR just to give you some uh, roster flexibility and, and bet against, oh, my God, we could have had him the fourth week and uh, we, we made him. Miss. I think they're going to put him on injured reserve. Does that matter, Jeff? How, how key and calculated a decision is that? Uh, you don't have MRIs or anything else, so we're asking you to speculate. We're speculating, too. You think they're going to put Dean on the IR? You know, John, four weeks? Yeah, put him on the IR. Is it three or four? Did they Four. four? They changed? Four. It's four. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So they didn't change that part. I, I was reading stuff. I'm like, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, he was seen in a walking boot. Sunday, I know a couple guys reported it. I remember walking by him. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's not good. I, 
I think they will for roster gymnastics purposes to make sure he's right. I mean, we're only through game one here. Uh, my issue is who's playing off ball linebacker. I know Nicholas Morrow's going to probably be the elevation here, but. But how you can you elevate to... him? That's the problem. You need a roster yeah. spot because you have to elevate Sipos and Cubby. Um, they do, kind do of they hamstrung to, this. Do though. they have to activate Cubby? They don't have Zacchaeus? to, but they yeah. obviously have no confidence in Zacchaeus to be a punt returner because Michael Clay said, you know who's returning punts. It's like he, he, he didn't even contemplate anybody else. So that was pretty clear indication to me. They have no confidence in him returning punts. I guess they could sit him back. You can do anything. You could have Jeff Kerr punt and not elevate Aaron Seaposs. Uh, I mean, technically. You, you but... don't need to see that. Uh, I, I will tell you, <laughs> Eagles fans, you, you guys hate Aaron Seaposs. You will hate me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, technically they don't have to elevate them, uh, but I think they want to, and they need a linebacker. Um, so that means they need a roster spot. Can I and... please share how horrific I thought the off-ball linebackers were Sunday? <laughs> I thought they were all I thought bad. Kobe uh, was really good in, in run support. We were talking about that. No, I, run, know, run coverage... deep. I'm talking I'm talking about pass coverage. I, yeah, I was, coverage yeah, I was, was a little bit. Coverage, he was not good. Ellis was worse. Uh, Zach Cunningham was not good, but he was probably the best of the lot. Um, yeah, coverage-wise, it wasn't great. And But, you know, no. the Patriots' tight ends are good. They're yeah. really good. Now, the problem is Minnesota has probably better tight ends. Um, so, you know, they bigger – better figure out something in the middle of the field. But then I go back to the Eagles front. Minnesota's got the worst interior pass blocking offensive line in football. They never do anything about it. They run out the same guys. They can't block anybody. How the hell are they going to block Jalen Carter and Fletcher? Oh, and Garrett Bradbury. And Garrett Bradbury is probably not going to play Thursday night. Yeah. Well, that's it. But by the way, that helps Minnesota. I was going to say that might not be a deterrent. (laughs) Yeah. That might be a, a, an upgrade. Yeah, I'm 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 serious. Their backup is uh, Austin Schlotman. Who, who is, what? Where? Yeah, who is he not started. great, but yeah, he's 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 better. He's better than Garrett Bradbury, but he's undrafted, and the other guy's a first round. We know how that works here. One's a first round pick, can't play. The other one's undrafted, can play a little bit, at least better than Bradbury. So I think that's an underscore win for Minnesota, believe it or not. All right. We've been talking about the defense all morning. At some point, we need to turn the attention to the offense. Jalen Hurts was not good on Sunday. By the bar set by Jalen Hurts himself. I'm not saying, oh, my God, he stinks. And, oh, my, the Eagles are in trouble. They gave him all his money. No, no. I still have 100% faith Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the Eagles today, tomorrow, next month, next year, for the next four or five years. But he didn't have a good game. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and go, yeah, but it was everybody. No, it was Jalen. Jalen had some bad passes, made some bad decisions. I thought he tried to force feed a couple of reads too soon, and that's how you have a game where Dallas Goddard ends up with one target for the entire game. He did not have a very good game. Um, John and I all summer long have been talking about the evaluation of the two new coordinators. And I had more concern over Brian Johnson than Sean Desai only because I thought there was a bigger hole to fill. 
Shane Steichen was an outstanding play caller. What kind of a play caller is Brian Johnson? We're one weekend. I know it's not a finished picture. We're just starting to evaluate it. But what did you take off Brian Johnson's play calling for week one, Jeff Kerr? So I'm one of these people. I didn't think Brian Johnson was going to have a good game Sunday going in. Because I look at the other side of the ball. I'm like, okay, this is probably the greatest defensive coach in league history in Bill Belichick. And he's going to put out multiple coverage schemes. And he's going to make life miserable for Jalen Hurts. And he did. Uh, you know, one play, they're cover one. One play, they're cover three. Then they're doing his own coverage. What bothered me about that was the good plays Brian Johnson called, Dallas Goddard was wide open. Jalen Hurts just did not see him at all. Like, Goddard could have <clears> had a 60-yard catch and run on one of the plays. And but I did not like – I thought there was way too much Kenny Gainwell, even though I expected that. There was way too much Kenny Gainwell. They're going to miss Miles Sanders. I don't care what anybody tells you. They're going to miss Miles Sanders this year. They they want that bell cow running back. But I thought there was just too much, you know, of the bubble screen. They didn't even do that many bubble screen. But there's too much oh, of the bubble. My play. favorite play, Jody knows, my favorite. God, too, much of those, too much of those God. types of plays. Too, too much conservativeness, Johnny Matt. It's, I'm, I'm telling you guys, it's. I'm like, go down the field a little bit more. Test these guys. I know Chris, like on the fourth and two play, I hated the decision. I'm like, just punt it. They're not going to score. And then what do you do? Test Christian Gonzalez, who may have been one of the best players on the field on Sunday, and he's a rookie. I, I, I don't get it. Uh, well, I, I don't have any problem with them throwing the football to AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. I, oh, I, I never have a problem but... with that. But I will say this the one weak aspect of their offense last year was when they did get pressure, hot, hot routes, they don't throw them. Their, their answer for pressure is this stupid bubble screen. Um, and when you have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, that makes no sense to me, and Dallas Goddard as well. But I asked Nick about this yesterday. You know, I think it tweaked him a little bit, but whatever. It, it You know, you're, you're out there saying we never want to have DeAndre Swift get two touches. We got to get the football to Dallas Goddard. Well, you know, you can do that. You can You can make those players the first option. Now, his explanation is a good one. We're throwing the ball to A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. They're better. They're better options. However, what does that mean? We never want to come out of a game with DeAndre Swift. You're in control of that. Right. You didn't Um, give him a carry until the fourth quarter. Yeah. The fourth quarter. And it's like, what What do you get? A one-yard run? Maybe a two-yard run? It's like, Yeah, okay, by the way, I, I don't understand, and I said this yesterday on the show, I, I don't understand why people think DeAndre Swift is, insert name, LaDainian Tomlinson. I know why but, they do, because of where he's from. That's all it is. But I, I, I'm not as concerned, uh, other than I don't think this team has a very good running back room. To be honest, uh, I don't think they have a very good running back room as a whole. Um, but I am concerned with Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard is a legitimate star player in this league. And you can't go through a football game without getting him a reception. Now, we said this the same thing week one last year with Devontae. Didn't get a reception in Detroit. And the Eagles quickly corrected it. Do you think they quickly corrected ironically against the same two team week two last year was Minnesota week two this year, Minnesota. 
I think they should just get the offense going. I actually thought they were going to go to Goddard a little bit in the second half when the rain calmed down and everything to get the offense going, and they didn't. Uh, your concerns with the running back room, John, I was a little miffed Rashad Penny was inactive. And, you know, I'm driving the stadium, and that's when we found out. And I'm like, come on. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, you know, uh, I, I know Kenny Gainwell is basically the guy they trust. But you can't have Rashad Penny active. I know you play two games in five days, but I, I, I'm sorry. I, I think Rashad Penny is still a good running back and a good football player. Is he a guy yeah, that can get I'm 20 carries? I'm, I'm not with you there. I'm not with you there. I, and this is the thing. I would say the NFL's not in, in a state of stasis. Uh, guys move up. Guys move down. Sometimes it happens week to week. It certainly happens year to year. You know, some of these players, I always point to Julio Jones. Julio Jones was one of the greatest receivers in NFL history right up until he wasn't. And everybody said, well, that's Julio Jones. Couldn't play anymore. Um, it happens to everybody. Um, was he a, a, a big-time talented back at one point, save for the injuries? Yes. But if you were at practice every day and you looked at Kenny Gainwell versus Rashad Penny, and you thought Penny, Penny was Gainwell better than Penny Gainwell? I don't know what you were looking at. I don't know what people – there's no way you could come to that conclusion. My my point is, I don't care what his reputation is. I, Jody and I were talking about who's going to be in, inactive before the game. I said, well, if they're dressing three, it's got to be Penny. There's no, there's no decision. And that's how – they have to dress four if they're getting Penny – now, as things move on, if Kenny plays poorly, if DeAndre plays poorly, then maybe he'll get an opportunity. Maybe he's not a practice player. Maybe he's a game player. And maybe he'll prove himself. But, I mean, I if, if you told me you can only dress three, I would have, I would have been active, uh, Penny. No right. question. Wouldn't have been, been a difficult decision, Jeff. I, yeah. yeah. That's how I was. And I thought – Penny and Gainwell would kind of split those reps, and we ended up getting too much Gainwell. By the way, I thought Gainwell played fine on Sunday. I, I had that problem with Yeah, I thought he was Kenny fine. Gainwell he wasn't did. great, but I thought he was fine. I, I yeah. He's not a good pass protector, which – but I don't uh, think any Swift, of them are. Well, yeah. Swift is yeah, probably Swift, uh, Yeah, he had a pretty good game, in, in my opinion, in pass protection, at least from when I rewatched it. You know, I'm like, okay, DeAndre Swift, but why is he on the field more? And I think those are questions that – Nick needs the answer. Right. And here's where I had a problem with Nick yesterday and what he said, uh, his explanation when asked about both Swift and Goddard. Well, it wasn't like we were throwing it to bums outside. We're yeah. throwing it to A.J. Brown. That's and a, to, That was my uh, question. <laughs> yeah, he didn't like it. Yeah, that was, was a good on, question. Good on you for asking it. But here's – and I know you guys really don't get followed. Here's my follow-up. He said it several times last year. Our offense goes through, and it would click off all three players' numbers. Yeah. Wouldn't even use their names, just their numbers through boom, boom, and boom. What happened to the third boom? Now it's it just the top two. Now it's just the two wide receivers. And if we get the guy, we get the guy. But, oh, by the way, we're throwing it to two really good guys. You didn't state it that way. So what changed, Coach? Last year was all three in the mention as to where the offense is going to go first. Why is it now only down to two? Now, I'll give – this is where Bill Belichick is the maestro here. He had Kyle Duggar on Dallas Goddard a couple times in that game, and Kyle Duggar was a really good football player. I, I, I love how people were like, 
the Patriots, the Patriots, they're, they're not good. I'm like, no, they're not good on one side of the ball. Yeah, on they're the other good side on of the ball, yeah. they're they're they are probably one of the better defenses, if not the best defense. I sorry, Michael Parsons, but they the they have really they good. have what the Eagles want on the back end. A bunch of these positionless guys who can play a bunch of different positions, and as you mentioned, cover tight ends and and do some things. That's what the Eagles want, but haven't been able to find. They got a bunch of them. They're they're Our really buddy. they're they're going to be a top ten defense. Um, Our buddy Jalen Mills had a good game Sunday too. I was watching him quite a bit. Uh, I, I'm amazed what Bill Belichick able to do with that team. Him and his yeah. And Jalen's only playing because uh, Jack Jones was hurt. So yeah, um, yeah. They but got that's a how deep they are back there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Matt Judon and Josh Uchi. Like I, I knew they were the real deal, but I. I, I Kind of had a feeling Lane Johnson, Jordan Malata were going to have problems with them on Sunday, and they did. And Jalen, okay. Jalen had time to throw, but I did not like some of the decisions Jalen was making. If Bill Belichick definitely was in his head. Yeah, Sounded to me like you guys are looking at them as a top two or three defense. Top five. All right, maybe they're borderline top ten. That's where they were last year. Points against yards per game, they're right at the ten mark. They're not the steel curtain here that the Eagles. Well, they're, they're, they're against, still everything's contextual in my mind. That you're not allowed yeah. to play defense like the steel curtain today. So nobody's the steel curtain. They, I'll give you they, one. They, they're not the jet defense. Not even close. The Eagles are going to see a much better defense several weeks from now when they go up against the jet defense. The Patriot defense can't hold a candle to the jet defense. Jets By the are way, talented. How Excuse me. Um, yeah, they Jets are. are very talented on on the defensive side of the ball. Jets probably have more talent, um, you know. But the Patriots got the scheme as well. You know, AJ Brown was raving. How did they about scheme it. up and and finish tenth last year in the defense? If the because scheme is that great, why weren't field, they in the top five? Well, I'm they, 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 the remember it's a complimentary game. Yeah, it's a complimentary yeah. game. Their offense stinks. You know that plays into it. You know, if you have a good offense. Like people would say it because they don't like, you know, the Eagles defense. If you have a good offense, the Eagles had a tremendous offense. Well, they're always on the field. They're always scoring. They got these long drives. That makes it easier on the defense. Part of that is true. Everything. That's why it's a complimentary game. Everything's in a vacuum. I like the Jets defense. Um, I do too. I like the Jets roster, but it's a shame. Whose so defense much. do you like better than the Jets? If you only like the Jets' defense, whose defense is better in the NFL than the Jets? The I would probably say San Francisco, maybe, maybe the Cowboys. Uh, but yeah, they're top uh, top five talent wise, I would think, off the top of my head. Um, San Francisco, I would say, is number one uh, when they're healthy. Um, Dallas is really good. Um, yeah, I'd have to look. I think but... I I think New England's top five person. Like I, I think no, all the teams we mentioned except... are the top five. So you're best. projecting them as top five because they weren't top five last year. Because of well, uh, I you know, say the this. Eagles. The Eagles were number two in defense last year, and everybody says they stink. So I don't. I don't know what, what other people think. Uh, but the Patriots it, play the Patriots caller. Have a good defense. The Patriots yeah. play caller last year is on the Eagles coaching where he should be coaching defense. That's, That's why the Patriots That's defense gave up points. Um, big, big yeah, big. I mean, I, I, I think, but the, those, all of those teams we just mentioned are, 
you know, those are the top defenses. And none of them, look, the difference between the modern NFL and the old school NFL, the old, you know, cliche was good defense beats good offense. No, now it's good offense beats good defense. If you can block people, and this is why the Eagles are so good, typically they weren't great week one. If you can block people, you can score on anybody, anybody. Now, easier said than done to to block people because there's so many bad offensive lines. You're going to see one rolling in on uh, Thursday against the Eagles. Minnesota has tremendous playmakers. Who cares? If you can't block people, who cares? That's why the foundational foundational philosophy of the Eagles is the correct philosophy to have, and too many teams don't follow that. In a copycat league, they, they copy the wrong thing. Everybody wants the skill position players. Everybody gets excited by the skill position players. You saw one of the best quarterbacks in football, I think we can all agree, Joe Burrow, have his worst game because Miles Garrett's in his grill. There's a a top 10 defense. Cleveland's defense is that good. Um, And they have Zedarius Smith now. Yeah, they have Zedarius Smith as well. Um, Yeah, if you can't block people, doesn't matter who you have. Uh, But if you can, you can score on anybody including Miles Garrett and the Jets and the Patriots and the Cowboys and the 49ers. And that's why you'll see, you'll see the outlier where the 49ers defense will give up 35 or the Cowboys defense will give up 40. You will not see that from the steel curtain back in the day. Uh, that, that, the, the game is different now. It's different. So, all the all the hamstrings they put on the defense tie them basically their hands behind the back. That's what we're talking about. The Eagles were one of the best defenses in the NFL last season. Everybody thinks they stink, so that's a perfect example of it. By the way, how about our boy Jonathan in there, uh, McMullen? Uh, elving that uh, commander's offense now, granted. It, I know it's the commander's. But- Sam Howell, baby. They put on the clinic against the Commanders. Uh, you know, if, if they actually had a competent offense, they would have won that game. I was going to say, wait, how do you want to look at it? They almost won the game or they blew a late lead. You, you look at it either either way. They had the lead in the second half. All they needed to do was get a huge stop. They couldn't do it. So uh, Yeah, I meant to check who were FFC the best teams. Handful. So according to PFF, guys, here are the three. I'll give you the five best teams were... San Francisco, number one, Dallas, number two, Miami, number three, those Atlanta Falcons, number four, and the Green Bay Packers, number five. Just overall ratings for the entire team, or this this is a defense you're talking about? No, entire team. Entire team. Jesse Jesse Bates put on the clinic on Sunday for the Falcons. He was worth every single penny they paid him. Yep. The worst team, which I think you could all guess, was the New York football okay. giant. Now, this is before the Jets and Bills, uh, by the way. They haven't gotten the grades in for that yet, but neither team's going to be the worst. Uh, guess obviously. what? I, guess what, guys? I know it's week one, 
but I've been saying this, and you guys have heard it before. The Giants are finishing last place in the NFC East, and the Cowboys yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. I don't, I don't like the Giants. I'm on record. Cincinnati was the second worst team. Now I put the the kibosh on them because I picked them to go to the Super Bowl, but I think they're going to be fine long term. Carolina, Arizona, with our buddy, and Seattle, who I think is a good team and just had a bad day. Um, and they lost both their tackles. So that, that's, no, that's not good. That's not good. Like I did not know that. Oh, up. yeah. I did see Jason Peters is coming back to Seattle. Yeah, they're, uh, they're desperate. Like, Cross and Lucas may miss a couple games. It, that's not good. Yeah, that's not a good sign. But I you can't overreact that. to is, week is Jason one. really signing with Seattle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, he's I don't coming think in it's for a yet, He can't give up. Yeah. He, well, he's going to be doing it in 2028. Yeah. Jason did not save his money so jody i have to ask you because we were talking about this during the monday night game last night cbs who do you want as quarterback with the jets right now matt ryan is that your pick i I mean i mean i mean he's better than probably any option that's available i have not that's a shame that team we just talked about their defense that team's ready to win that's a freaking shame that's a shame. It's, it's I, so let me run this by it. Caller gave me this last night on, on WIP, and I you say it's highly unlikely, but it's not completely impossible. Should they make a play for Matthew Stafford? The Rams have already signified they're in rebuild mode. You don't trade Jalen Ramsey and say, yeah, but we're still trying to win. No, you're not. You're, you're in a rebuild mode. Uh, and they can't trade Aaron Donald because the contract would be outrageous as far as the dead cap it goes. They could move Stafford. If the Jets overpaid for Stafford, do you think the Rams would send him to New York? Because as I discussed, and John just kind of alluded to, they were all in. The Jets were all in for this year. They were all in with Aaron Rodgers. Now Aaron Rodgers is done. Do you just go, oh, shoot, we're out? No, you got to continue to play. And the only guy who's out there on a team who's got experience and been there done that who's on a team that uh, doesn't really care if they win or lose games or shouldn't at least with their moves to this point is Stafford do you think LA would move him I would try to I, I mean I honestly would I, I there was a team I forget who it was they called the Rams about Matthew Stafford and in the offseason the price was too high but I, I, as someone who watched the Rams Seahawks game I don't know if I'd be parting with him for just anything at this point. Uh, Matthew Stafford looks every bit like Matthew Stafford. But, and, and yeah, I, mean, I, I don't fun. know if the Jets – I haven't looked at what they did with Aaron's deal. Um, are they on the hook for next year as well, right? So Yeah, they're on the hook for next year. Now, Aaron Rodgers had to play 65% of the snaps for them to give up a first Yeah, they don't have to get, but I'm talking about the contract. It's tough to bring in a contract like Matthew Stafford's when you have a contract like that. That's an all, but, uh, you know, that's kind of an albatross. So I don't know if they could do that, but. Well, they they could always go the Howie Roseman route and say, we got to renegotiate and you got to take a less right here. We'll take the penalty down the road, push it down the road, wait for the cat. Uh, those uh, avoidable years going till 2082. You, you we know, no, we know it better here in Philadelphia. Than yeah, but else. I, I the mean, I, is, I, I'll, I'll never like, look. I, you know, Joe learned under Howie, so he knows what to do and how to do it. But I've never seen 
two quarterbacks at that salary level on the same roster. I I don't know how you manipulate that. Howie's not been able to do that. Maybe somebody can. You you never say never in this league, but that's a big matzo I, ball, as Jerry Seinfeld would say. Yeah. Um, I was thinking guys like I was thinking like trade options, like maybe maybe the Saints would part ways to Jameis Winston. Maybe yeah, I would Jameis I would think more of that level. Yeah. If you can get a Jameis Winston, um, I would think more of that level. Don't bring in Carson Wentz. No, no. Keep him wearing. The other one I had suggested to me last night on on WIP was Nick Foles, and I I got a Kirk Cousins. I got a Kirk Cousins from a Jet fan, and I think the Vikings would be willing to move him. But again, that's the same thing as with Stafford. Same thing. Enormous salary can't work. Can't work. Um, because they're another team that's clearly by their actions, not um, all in. So, uh, but yeah, I just don't think it could work. It's a shame for the Jets fans. And I feel for the Jets fans, including also, the I thought, there. Speaking of the Vikings, I thought the Eagles run defense was good. Very good on Sunday. The Vikings run the offense was beyond horrific. On, they well, missed have- Alley Cook. Yeah, they have a terrible offensive line. I mean, what does it yeah. matter? I, I, yeah, I, I, not, I shouldn't I say that because their tackles are very good. Uh, Brian O'Neill, Christian Darisaw, very good. It's those it's three guys awesome. in the interior. It, I, they, it's just, it's a disaster. And they never, I shouldn't say that's the wrong way because they have a first round pick and two second round picks. They can't develop these guys. I don't know what's going on or they missed uh, with the evaluation, but they're not good. And they just, because they were high-level picks, they the old NFL mindset, they're afraid to move on. Guy can't play, guy can't play. It, it, it's and, and the sample sizes are huge on these guys. It, it's not going to wake up one day and change. I, it, so I don't get it from that standpoint. But Dalvin Cook wouldn't be running behind. That's the reason Dalvin Cook was available, Jeff, because you have all these advanced stats people saying, oh, look at his yards, expected yards after run. Well, he's getting hit two yards in the right. freaking backfield. Well, that's, they're not watching the games. That's yeah. what bothers me. And I'm a big stat guy, and I'll say, look, if someone tells me Lane Johnson didn't allow – I look at the plays where he probably allowed the second. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But guess what? He didn't. So I'll agree with them, but 
people just make blanket say like, like the whole yards before contact, yards after contact. Well, why do you yeah. think it's so low? Yeah, exactly. All right. One one last quickie before we let Jeff Kerr go. Does anybody know where Nate Sudfeld is? The unstoppable Nate Sudfeld is? Yeah, he got hurt. Uh, I think he tore his ACL. Is he on IR for the yeah. entire year? Damn it. Yeah. He's unstoppable. Bridgewater, he's available. No, ACL stopped Nate Sudfeld. They, even, they, even... They, they like uh, Teddy. They went out and got him to be their backup. So, and the Lions, by the way, think they're going to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, they're not giving up their quarterback. Preseason action against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, ACL I was on Friday player. night. I was in Washington D.C. when he did that. He just came up, kind of like Rogers. It's except he was on a run when he did it. Yeah. Unstoppable. Yeah, he can be stopped unstoppable by an injury. Unstoppable, Nate. Yeah. All right, Jeff Kerr, uh, stay inside. Uh, don't go out. Don't uh, go anywhere. Yeah, don't lock it Don't down. try and catch anybody. Uh, don't get watching the news and going. I can spot that. I can get that twenty-five grand. No, stay inside. We need you here. I, I owe me twenty-five grand. How's that? Uh, now now we know you're lying to us. Uh, but uh, appreciate you coming on board, brother. We'll talk to you again next week. At Jeff Kerr, CBS. Make sure you read them at uh, CBSSports.com. Uh, CBSSports.com. Uh, I'm on it all the time and always reading what Jeff Kerr does. All right, McBone and McDonald coming back, Bird Street 65. We got our boy Chris Franklin joining us now. Shoot, only about 15 minutes. Uh, yeah, we went long. I apologize, Jeff. We went no, we long. Okay. Just kept, uh, so, uh, you know, it's so enjoying to talk to Jeff. I, I wasn't paying attention to the clock, mm. so I apologize to Xander as well. Yeah, and I did that last night at WIP. Uh, Anthony Sanfilippo from Cross and Broad covers both the Phillies and the Flyers. He was my producer on the radio side 25 years ago. And I get him on as a guest, and it's just like me and him talking. I look up, I said, oh, shoot, 25 minutes. I guess I need to go to break. Sometimes we do that. So thanks to uh, Jeff Kurt. Thanks to you staying uh, put on the stream. And we'll come back, continue the bird conversation here on Birds 365. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Mac guys back here on birds 365 thank jeff kerr for jumping in as he does usually on mondays uh travel day yesterday so he said we can do tuesdays i said we'll punch up at 8 20 so thanks to uh, jeff kerr for sticking around for almost an hour uh one of the things we touched on before jeff came i think we uh mentioned the name while jeff was on with us as well is rashawn evans is the linebacker that the Eagles signed when they knew that Nicobe Dean was going to be missing multiple weeks. Number one, was the practice squad not full? Did they have space on the practice squad to sign Evans, John? Um, that's a good question. Um, they haven't officially announced the signing um, yet. I assume they'll do it before practice today. Um, so technically they don't have to have an open spot. I'm trying to think off the top of my head if they made a move last week, but I have to look it up. Um, but yeah, they'll, I mean, when they announce the signing is when they'll have, uh, somebody's got to go. If the, yeah. if the practice squad was at its full complement, someone's has to go. So I'm just kind of interested as to who that would be. Yeah. They technically I'd... haven't annou- officially announced it yet. So, um, right. if they did, I missed it. Uh, yeah. but yeah. Is oh. is is Rashawn Evans going to be the second coming of Byron Evans? That's what I want to. And we've got some old enough Eagle fans who will go B and E. But he beat B and E. You're telling me he can beat? No. All I'm saying, he's got the same last name. Uh, here's my question about Rashawn Evans. And I remember uh, watching him play. Uh, wasn't the kind of guy who you said, "Oh my God, you got to have that kind of lineup." Solid and NFL linebacker started last year for the Falcons. And has been a free agent all off season and not gotten a nibble. That something is amiss there because other linebackers with less career resumes than Evans signed during this off season. Shoot, the Eagles went out and picked up a couple of them in the middle of uh, the year and signed them and brought them in here. And Miles Jack was so done that he said hey, see you later bye i'll just retire i realize i uh, am not good enough to play this game anymore gotta get on with the rest of my life give me a tool belt uh but evans has been waiting this entire time what's the knock on this guy what's the report on this guy uh are the eagles gonna step it in again and get lucky and find a diamond in the rough well, I'm hoping he's there today, and I'm hoping we get to talk to him, and maybe we'll figure that out because he started. You know, we talked about durability again. We'll go back to that. He started 17 games last year, uh, all for the uh, Atlanta Falcons. So, and he had 
for the stat people. He had a ton of tackles, so you're they're going to get excited by that. But it, it, you know, look at the date, people. It's September twelfth, um, and he wasn't on an NFL roster. And oh, by the way, he's only getting signed to the practice squad at least to start. Mm-hmm. So that tells you a lot. Um, he's a former number one pick, so people are going to get excited about that. Um, he was an average player last year. He wasn't terrible. Um, uh, I would say that. So, um, I think there's a very good chance that he's playing by week three because I, I, I don't have a ton of confidence in Christian Ellis. He was better than Nick Morrow in Atlanta and Nick was in Chicago. Um, but, you know, Nick's been here. I I would bet in Tampa Bay uh, in week three, I would bet it's Zach Cunningham and whoever they think is better between Nick Morrow and, and Rashawn Evans. And Nick would have the advantage because he's been here the whole time. And uh, there were some reports. I will say you're not as guilty as some of the others. Christian Ellis made a couple of plays in OTAs, and people were – Raving, oh, Christian Ellis, he's ready to step in and play. Christian Ellis ready to be a big-time contributor to the Eagles. And now you're telling me the Eagles within a week could replace him with a guy who went the entire offseason without being signed. Starter all season last year in the league, and there wasn't one team in 32 teams that said, yeah, we can just bring this guy in for a look-see. And that that does tell you a little something. something well, now, that. you know, remember, you also have uh... – the veteran aspect of it, maybe he was trying to shop, but the practice squad, you know, part of it bothers me because he should be able to get a deal, a regular deal. Um, yeah. And I can't really explain. And that's why I hope I get to talk to him today um, because he played a lot of football last year and he played at a competent level. Um and again, they devalue the position, a lot of tread off the tire, all that stuff factors into it. He's not old. You know, he's a 2018 first round pick. Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, damn, John, that's a great point. You get old fast in the National Football League, yeah. don't you? Like, oh, yeah. It, it weeks, you log weeks and people go, oh, there's some wear on that tire. Forget yeah. about years. You put in a good solid month. Go away. You might be a little uh, less than it used to be yeah, because he's 20, played he's, so much. He's 27 years old. He started 67 games in this league. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it is amazing how old you can get. I, and that's why you know, Jeff brought up Rashad Penny. It's like people are talking about Rashad Penny like he's coming out of college, and I'm like. There's there's a reason. Um, it's not like they're going. The Eagles are a pretty good organization, but they get stuff wrong all the time. You can point it out, you know, Jalen Rager being the most notable most recently. Um, but if anybody was at practice and said, oh, Rashad Penny's better than Kenny Gainwell, I don't know what you're looking at. Uh, but but reputation-wise, he is. Um, right, league accomplishment. I think there's be something to said for that when you do it on a Sunday afternoon. And Rashad Penny has had bigger games and 
made more significant contributions than Kenny Gainwell has in his career. Well, yeah, but and I mean, Kenny, DeAndre Swift. Kenny Gainwell hasn't played. Kenny Gainwell's getting an opportunity. That's the trick to this. It's not a stasis. Like, you can keep going, oh, Rashad Penny did this. I brought up Julio Jones did this. And if you just say, well, this is Julio Jones, I'm going to keep playing Julio Jones until he wants to stop playing. You're That's the trick. You got to figure out. And clearly, you know, guys are on the – Rashawn Evans, clearly teams in the NFL, not just the Eagles, because he was on the street. Clearly teams in the NFL think he's a descending player um, because if you just look at his accomplishments, well, he's better than every linebacker the Eagles have. Uh, maybe not Zach Cunningham. You'd have Cunningham and Evans out there because of their accomplishments. But that's not the trick to this. It's trying to figure out who's better on Thursday night. Who are my best players on Thursday right. night? Right, and you used a, uh, I think, a dead-on uh, descriptive adjective there, ascending and descending. Do you think DeAndre Swift is a descending player? No, not necessarily. I just don't think he's... Uh, uh, and you think Kenny Gainwell is still an ascending player? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I'm see, uh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I do. I think he's a good player. I think Kenny's a good player. Not a great player. I think he's a good player. Um, DeAndre, I think, is a good receiver. I don't think he's a good running, run, runner. I, I don't. Um Tries to bat, you know, this is the problem the Eagles had with Miles Sanders until Miles turned the corner. Um, tries to bounce it outside. The Eagles don't want that, too. It's, uh, you know, they went through it. They don't like it. Um, you know, if if the play is blocked for four yards, get me four yards. And if the home run's there, the home run's there. But if you're kicking stuff out or, or, or doing what you're not supposed to be and four yards turns into two yards or a two-yard loss. Yeah, they don't want that. Yeah, that. I, I I need to see more from Kenny Gainwell to go. Well, of course, Eagles are going with Gainwell's their number one back because it's not. Well, I think it is debatable, and they. they made I'm not a call saying it's not one. debatable. I'm not saying I'm saying it's not debatable from work and practice. Now, I I here's where I'll, I'll agree with you. Um, some guys are legitimate game day players and aren't great practice players. I've seen it numerous times. I'm saying in practice, it's not debatable. I mean, one guy was clearly better. Um, but there are guys who don't like practice, to be honest. And they show up on game day. And But I don't think the Eagles have – I don't think any of these backs are – guys who can not show up at practice and turn up and be a star player. There are players in, in this league that are so good um, that they can do that. Yeah. Um, I do not think the Eagles have a good running back room. I'm on it. I don't, I don't think if this were, a, I, I've said it a couple times. If this, if this team had a bad quarterback and a bad offensive line, this would be one of the worst running back rooms in the NFL. I, and I think it is, Bottom five running back room in the NFL. Bottom line. Right. Because it sounds to me like you and I see this the same. 
whether you want to or not, whether, someone has to establish themselves as the lead guy. Now, how you go about using him, some teams will give their lead guy 85 to 90% of the carries. Other will give him 66% of the carries. Somebody's got to get more carries than the other guy. If you got three guys split evenly, one guy might only get 35. So that percentage can vary. But you need a lead guy. Somebody's got to be the best back in your room. And if you take the Eagles' best back, who right now it's Kenny Gainwell, as established by the first game, and compare him to everybody else's best back in the league, Kenny Gainwell's down in the low 20s. He oh. might be in the 30s. Yeah, so I agree with that, that. That kind of defines the running back room for me. And then you got the guy after that and the guy after that. And as you go down the list, it moves the needle that much less. The number one guy is going to move it the most significant amount. And Kenny Gainwell is, he's hes not a top 20 back in the NFL. I'm sorry, he's just not. But I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. But I don't think the Eagles have a top 20 back in the right. NFL. Right, Swift might not be either. And, and Penny, when he has a game, he's a top 10 back. But he, when do you know those games are going to come? And when he has that game, do you know not know that he's going to be hurt? You're going to have to figure out the number one back the next week anyway because he's had such an injury history. Uh, we shall see. All right, McDonald and McMullen, your Mac and Mac guys. We are scheduled to be joined by Chris Franklin from NJ.com. He's with us next year on Birds 365. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondly hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. 
Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Jody McDonald and John McMullen here with John Birds 365. And we're lucky to have Chris Franklin with us. Now, Chris is NJ.com, which means New Jersey. Uh, and therefore... He can do his segment outside, unlike Jeff Kerr, who had to be inside because he's in yes. Pennsylvania and he doesn't know that he doesn't have to be uh, fearful. Chris Franklin, he, Chris um, Franklin convicts, yeah, confidence, <laughs> confidence in the hood that he's living in. Said, "Let me take my computer outside. I can do this outside. Give the guys a taste of the birds in my neighborhood, which I've done several times this year. We thank you for that, Chris Franklin. No problem. You know, I figured I'd try to bring a blend of National Geographic with some Eagles talk. So wh- why not try that as well, too? Might as well Eagles in the name. So, yeah. Very nice. <laughs> and, and, oh, long sleeve shirt on, too. Is it chilly outside where you're at? No, I just feel like, I just like the shirt. That's it. I feel comfortable. So that way I can help you guys out. Well, thank you very much. You know, it was doesn't, given to me a couple years ago. It doesn't take much to be uh, more fashion conscious than McMullen and yeah. McDonald. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, Come on. I got, <laughs> I got the oh, Jacob, uh, Jacob sports shirt on. Come on. That's fashion conscious. Yeah, yeah I go. It's not, it's not the Met. It's not the Met Gala. You know, we're here. We're just talking. Yeah. We're, 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 we're talking to the P1s in, in, in the bars and everything. I don't know. <laughs> Here's where I want to start with you, Chris Franklin, and I will readily admit if I had to give a grade to the Eagles offense coordinator for his play calling week one, I most definitely want to give him an incomplete because I have no bloody idea whether he's good at his job or not. I thought we'd get a pretty good clue after week one. I I almost want to say I know less than more after watching him call plays for a week. If I don't allow you incomplete as a grade, A plus to F, how would you uh, grade out the Eagles play call in week number one? I'd probably give it a C because at first I thought – I know – and I'll put the caveat on I know the rain was playing a factor in it because it was, it was boring mm-hmm. earlier on, so you couldn't really use your full complement of, of the offense. But when I look at it, it just seemed – earlier it just seemed really conservative with the screens and, that, and, and the safety start – look, the – like the uh, safety, Patriots safety started knowing it. It started creeping up a little bit more and more and more, and that affected the run game. It didn't work. I liked when they started taking shots down the field to try less to soften that blow a little bit. Yeah, the in my opinion, you had the advantage when it came to wide receivers over cornerbacks, and I and also uh, even I know Dallas Goddard didn't get into his target into the fourth quarter. Maybe just involve him in one of those screens just to get his hands to get him in the flow of the offense. So it's his first time. Is his first time, first game as, as the OC as a play caller officially get back in the group? Could take, could take a couple of games. You just hope it doesn't. You just hope it, it get, catches on from here on out. Yeah, I gave him a C minus, Chris. For so we're right in the same level. I'm a little bit uh, tougher than you. Here's why: because I can't stand this explanation of. And it wasn't Brian. We'll talk to Brian today, but um, Nick Sirianni. Oh, you can't go out of a game with DeAndre Swift getting two touches or, you know, Dallas Goddard uh, not getting a reception. Can't do that. Well, you're the head coach. Uh, Brian's the offensive coordinator. You can make sure 
at least I know you can get DeAndre Swift more than two touches because you can just hand him the football if you want. You got to at least get the football to Dallas Goddard, but it's inexplicable, inexplicable to me that you can't get him the football, make him the number one option on a particular play. I think that's a discipline issue from a play caller and a game planner when you're not getting people involved that you want to get involved or he's lying to us and he doesn't want them involved. And why wouldn't he want them involved? Yeah. You know, and I th- it was, it's telling too, because we look at where, how the first 15 script, 15, 20 scripted plays went, they were moving the ball left or right. It was yeah. looking around and ball there. all the time. Baby. <laughs> and, and, and you look at, and especially when it comes to, to the swift thing, you know, the one thing you brought him into was for his pass catching. You know, he's a big play runner. And to get him to get three touches all game, whether it be the passing game or the rushing game, it's, it brings a lot of question marks. And look, he was all right. And you dressed, though, you dressed those only, you dressed him and Scott, Boston Scott was dressed too, but you dressed those three guys. You figure they get more run and get more touches and be involved in that. And yeah, it was, it, 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 it could have it been a lot better. It should have been a lot better. Even though I I think Gainwell was overused, the Dallas Goddard one concerns me more because Nick Sirianni has been outspoken all last year. Our offense runs through and he runs down the three receivers, two wide, one tight, that the offense is supposed to go through and calls them out by the numbers. And all of a sudden he's defending the fact that Goddard got one target in the fourth quarter by saying, hey, we weren't throwing it to bums outside. It's... It's Smith and it's A.J. Brown. Come on. Hey, what do you mean you're questioning us? We threw it to Pro Bowl-level players. Yes, but, well, then why didn't you just throw it to those Pro Bowl players last year? Last year, you made sure Dallas Goddard was a key part of your offense. What changed other than, yeah, I'm questioning the play caller? I think it was a little bit of both. It was, it was a perfect storm, if you well, not one that you want to be if you're a Dallas God. I thought there were there were opportunities. I thought they could have gotten the ball, and, and Hurts just missed them when he was open, breaking open wide down the field. I mean, there was a, one of them. This the third quarter where he had his hand up, and he was nobody was around him. And then he gets the thing. He saw a couple guys patting him on the back. I think because they know like he was there, and they were just trying to basically just say, "Hey, keep stay in there. You might get your moment." So, and you also look at the hey, like they didn't get him basically. In there in, in more design ways to his run. To me, this game's more reminiscent of that uh, a Detroit game last year where you saw Smith like being the guy who was who was the odd man out. So I think you're going to see games like this, but I think it's more concerning that if you if you can't consistently get him involved, you should one of these all, all three of these guys involved Smith, Brown, and, and uh, Goddard. I think that's more concerning if you can't get, especially with the way this offense is supposed to roll and flow and, and the talent it has. Yeah. Um... The running back room, Jody and I have been talking about that a lot this morning. Um, and Jody, uh, Jody asked me where they rank. Pro PFF had fifty four backs ranked. Um, Kenny was thirty sixth. Uh, DeAndre was forty eight. Um, if I if I said running back room, Philadelphia Eagles running back room, Chris Franklin. Great, good, average, bad. There's your scale. Where I still think it's, I still think it's good. It's a matter of utilizing them. I, th- especially with the way I think, 
I, I look at what the, they each bring a certain skill. And I think that the each skill that they bring gives you gives you a chance to attack depending on the defense. I think when you look at Gainwell, I think he, he's your. I, I think if anything, yeah, they're good thing. I don't think he have a bona fide number one. Especially when you look at Gainwell, he, you see what he can bring in, in, in the outside running game. You see what he can bring in, in the receiving game. We've seen it before, and he can make he can break one. That's that's good. I look at Swift. I look at him as it's like he's a boomer bust guy. He's going to be one like he can get three, 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 three yards, three yards, three yards. All of a sudden, he cuts back and gets like a twenty yard run as well too. I look at Skies who change of pace, more go north south guy. Penny, that was the one that surprised me. I thought he addressed it. I thought he dressed. I thought they dressed all four. And I thought he could be your batter, especially in a game like that where it was raining, where it, the conditions weren't right, and you can basically wear them down as the game went on. Because the first game of the season, everybody's not in the best shape they should be. I thought you could have ran, them, ran Penny a little bit more, and I was just shocked to see him not dress. I know they said it was a numbers issue, and they tried to get other positions in there, but I thought they really were all with four guys. So overall, when you look at what each guy brings to that thing, I think it's still a good room. It's, I just want to see him utilize more of their, their strengths. Yeah, but they need to dress Contavia Street, so that counts out. <laughs> and, Patrick, and Patrick Johnson and Derek Barnett. I'm like, how can I, I believe they dress 77 defensive front people? I, I haven't done it. <laughs> hey, the, the street one, I, 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 I know he can play defensive tackle, defensive end, and, and especially odd man front, what, what have you. But that was the one I was like, okay, like you, you still. You, you're strong in the middle there. You got enough guys. You probably weren't getting enough. He wasn't getting a lot of run there. So why not? Yeah. Why him over Benny? I mean, Patrick Johnson, I get because special, special teams. teams. Yeah. Um, Derek Barnett, we know the Eagles like him more than everybody else. Um, so yeah, Street's the guy, but they don't like dressing four backs. And if they're not dressing four backs, Penny's got to be the one that sits. Um, yeah. Unless you make him the kick returner over Boston. Um, I don't like the room, Chris. I'm like the only one. I feel like I, I, it's not bad. I'm not going on that scale. I'm saying it's average. It's very pedestrian to me, the room as a whole. That's a good, that's a good way to describe it. They're a pedestrian yeah. group of running backs. Yeah. I, 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 I look around this league and I see all these great backs. And because Jody made me look it up and I'm like, you know, the top guys, you know, but you have the Chubbs, the Henrys, the Ecklers, the McCaff McCaffrey was just unbelievable. Um, but even, you know, boy, Bijan got the worst pass, uh, pass protection grade I've ever seen in my life. And he's still top, <laughs> top 13 because of how good he was and everything else. Um, the Saquons of the world, um, you know, Ramondre Stevenson didn't even have a good game, but you could see he's a good back. There's so many good running backs in this league. Did I, I, did, did Brees Hall even make the ranking? Or well, that... they don't have that up yet, yeah. but he certainly will. Oh, he's going to be up there. Yeah. He's going to push everybody down at least one because yeah. he was phenomenal last night. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't think – I think it's very average, the running back room. Um, and if, if here's how I described it, so I'll throw that at you, Chris. If they didn't have Jalen Hurts, if they didn't have the great offensive line, and they were playing with a rookie quarterback or an average quarterback, I think you would say this is this is a bad offense. This is a bad running back room. I think they're elevated by the quarterback and the offensive line. I mean, Jalen Hurts does help 
because especially if you're going to do those zone reads, you got to it keeps one maybe two defenders off off of them. So that does I, I won't discount that at all. That's that, that one too. I think they look at I think especially when you see that as long as the group as a whole gets the one as a main running back and they can do that while not using this, losing a lot of money for forcing position and trying to out pay more towards a. a yeah, and, and, and by the way, it tracks right because they spent a buck twenty-five on it on the room. Yeah. It be great. <laughs> I, I think as long as you predict the, the the production out of one top three, top four back, you get that during a game. I think that's for what else you have on the outside. I can live with that. That's what, for me. I can live with that because that then you know that you can get the good passing game. You know if you utilize it. And, you can execute it that way, like, like like this past week. I think you can live with a running back room because I think you can. You got those guys who can that. Basically, so it's, it's, it feels like you say, okay, we're going to see who we're going to see who does runs very well, and after that, all right, cool, you're our guy. I mean, we're going to give you a bunch of carries, which is going to be it, it's a, it's a crapshoot. It, it's a crapshoot when you do that. But, all right, yeah. Chris, I said this right at the top of the show today. I'm kind of unnerved by the situation that the Eagles are in. They didn't play great week one. And I think a big problem was they weren't quite ready for week one. And that's their way of handling things in the preseason. And now you got a short week on top of it when you want to be able to go back to work. All right, we got to work some things out. They can't even because they got a short week. But so do the Vikings. And the Vikings got a quarterback who seems to not be able to win when the lights are down uh, and the lights are up and the sun is down. And, oh, by the way, they lost to a bad Buccaneer team. I'm sorry. If the Bucs win nine games this year with Baker Mayfield, I'll eat as much crow as anybody will give me. I think they're a bad football team, and the Eagles will be lucky to get them next week. On a long week, not till Monday, the, the minuses against the Vikings far outweigh the fact that the Eagles are in a disadvantageous position on a short week this week. I still think it's going to be a tough game. I, I, I look at it, I don't think it's – I look at you got the revenge from last year. I know they got thoroughly dominated in prime time. I mean, trust revenge. me, get, getting Kirk Cousins on a prime time, yeah, I think that helps. So that's a big plus when that one knowing it struggles. But I look at like I look at the fact that they're very uh, that's still in their minds, and you know that they're thinking that hey, this could be a tiebreaker game. You know that because they still believe that they can win the North. I don't see it. I think the Packers prove that they can still be that team but yeah, i like the packers I, I, i'm proud of my packers pick from the playoffs yeah. um, <laughs> jordan love looked good but yeah. when i look at when i look at that and you see and then also you got that secondary i know the questions with james bradbury now you know with the concussion protocol you got jeff jefferson if you have slay travel around him i mean you go you go osborne you gotta work uh, you gotta trust josh joe to go against osborne too and you don't know and then you got the know massive this is one the one time where you're glad Dalvin Cook is no longer with that team because now you, you with Madison, you still question with those, those linebackers now, the linebacking core without N'Kobe Dean. So yeah. I don't think it's going to be as easy as – it's not going to be 24-7, I believe. It helps that they're at home. It helps they don't have to travel and lose that. Uh, I got some I got some reservations about this game, and I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people think. Interior offensive line, Chris. They can't block anybody, and they got to block Jalen Carter. I don't know how <laughs> they even attempt uh, to block uh, Jalen Carter after what you guys saw. I did not make it to Foxborough, unfortunately, but uh, um, boy, he was impressive. I, I think if there's one guy uh, on Sunday. 
that you said played at an all pro level. And there are guys who played well. I think Reed played well. Jordan Davis was great. Yeah. But Jalen Carter was the best player on the Eagles. That's yeah. That, that strength, like that power. Like it, to me, I, when I was looking at him in Georgia, I was like, oh, wow, he's really quick. He can get caught. That raw power that he's showing, just like, hey, you know, let me get inside. I mean, that first rush he had, we had that little swim move going. Like, where did that come from? Like, <laughs> yeah, he has a swim move now. All right, cool. So you look at all that, it, it just changes the dynamic of that pass rush because now you think if you're offensive coordinator, oh, I'm going to roll the pocket one way to move, maybe get him out so that he won't see that way. Okay, you're going to roll him either to Josh Witt or Hassan Reddick. Which way are you going to go? Yeah, and that's that's rough. And you can't slide the protection one way because if you slide it, you're getting – well, you're getting and, one of the you know, it's interesting. That too. How quickly does it happen? Because you're right. Everybody right now is like, we can't double team him because you got to worry about Reddick and Sweat. How quickly does it change to, uh, we got to double team him and take our chances with Reddick and or Sweat? You'll see it probably next week. Source, this is to a, uh, source, this is to a, a point is a straight line, and he's got a straight line going, beaming down right there in the way he's dominating. So I would was. The, the Eagles probably is going to be this may play in their hands depending on how they like to play their uh, cornerbacks, like depending on the coverage. But I'd be shocked. I would be shocked if we start seeing more three-step drops, more that more of the old West Coast style stuff because because of that because that impact Carter can make because you can it just puts so much of an issue on on the offensive line. I think I saw Christian Darrisaw. He has an ankle injury too, like he's yeah. dealing with. Yeah. So you got to worry about that too. So there's a lot of stuff that bodes well for that defensive line. That, this is going to have to come back to those corners, the safeties, and linebackers getting out in coverage and playing those, uh, playing that short game. Because if you do that, uh, I, they're not going to come comfortable. I forgot about Darasov. I might uh, uh, reserve the uh, hospital room for Kirk Cousins if he can't play. <laughs> what was that quarterback series where he does all the back and then? Oh, yeah, man. That, oh, man. You might be feeling that this week. You might be feeling that a whole lot this week. My appreciation for Chris Cousins certainly went up after watching that quarterback show and what he played through week in and week out. All right, along those lines, and the stud dogs the Eagles had on the defensive line the other day, Carter played 50%, exactly half of the Eagle defensive snaps, and uh, Davis played less than that, like 44%. Off the week that they had, don't you want to see both of those numbers go up? And I know we might be nitpicking about a handful of snaps here, but sometimes a handful of snaps wins and loses your game. Do you expect the number to go up for both of the uh, Eagles' former Georgia defensive linemen? Carter, for sure. And I think Davis might get a slight uptick. I wonder – I think they try to use him more first and second because they know the Patriots will probably be more of a run team than I think you'll see with the Vikings be. But the way that Jordan Davis showed as a pass rusher, and he, you yeah. saw that development. I thought he, I thought he'd make a, he'd be better than that. That's better than I thought it would be as well too. So I wouldn't be shocked just to see him get a couple, maybe a couple more third down looks. But I think you still run with Carter. I think you have to run with Carter. You have to run with Fletch. I think those are two on those third downs. I think those are your two interior pass rush guys. And maybe use, maybe use Williams more first, yeah. second down to help you out with your run. I want to see more Milton Williams, and I don't know how you get to Milton. Right. I mean, I, I, Milton's a heck of a player. Um, yeah. Not dressing I, the street in Marlon Tui Palou. That's what you get him on that well, way. I, I, you know, Marlon, Marlon had – Marlon I get because he's the backup nose tackle, but he only yeah. had six, um, six snaps. I'm looking for street. 
he's probably yeah, he was down there too. Yeah, he was down there in the same area. Um, which, which to your point is like, why are they dressing? Um, well, Marlon, I get, like I said, you need him in case something happens to Jordan. Jordan, yeah. But, but the Patriots had 80 offensive snaps, so that's a lot. Um, you know, Jalen had 40 and Jordan had 35. I don't know if they're getting higher than that. I like that. That's the role. That's where they should be. The problem is they should be at 40 and 35 if it's like 65. Right. That's my concern. Like if if the Vikings have a more normal sixty five snap game, does that number lower? That would concern me a little that, bit. That's why you look at percentage of snaps, not overall yeah. snaps. Yeah, yeah. And I'd like to see both of their per- percentages tick up just a little bit. All right, Nicobe Dean out of the lineup for multiple weeks. Does multiple weeks equate to an IR stint, Chris uh, Franklin, or do you think I- they're going to try and take it week to week? Uh, they they already seem to have some issues with balancing the roster. Would they not want to give themselves some roster flexibility by putting them on IR? I think so. So that way you can still continue to elevate if they want to play that game of elevating uh, Sipos and uh, Covey. And Covey. I think they have to. They, they have to. And then when you look at it, I think it's better to do it now and not try to force them back, especially early on with the, the schedule being easier early than it is when until you get that group of death that's happening that's waiting for you when you get the Bills and you get, well, not Josh Allen's playing the way he did that way, but when you get to Miami and everybody else down later on that in, in that schedule. So I think it, it's it's disappointing to see him off the field already early. I think he's a, you see the key when he gets at least those guys in the position and, and he's the emotional leader. You hear When you hear talking to those guys, it, it, it was that down. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was it was a nice backstory to hear that Reed came in. At first, initially, they gave the green dot to Ellis, and then Reed came in toward late, especially in that last uh, last couple drives, and came in and started trying to rally those guys. So I think you're good on that aspect if he needs a, a defensive play caller and just somebody to lift him up. But when you look at Dean, he just adds another element, the way these guys look at him, the way he's the familiarity he has with Carter and, and Davis, knowing what they do offhand. So. Uh, that second level has a lot of questions now. Um, that's the biggest. I mean, I'd rather I, I feel more comfortable with Joe Valley at the outside, other outside corner than I do with those linebackers as they present themselves right now. And oof, yeah, you hope in the especially in the coverage game, that's the one I think that the yeah. Vikings can really tackle them. Yeah. Well, that's where. All right, I'm going to give you an over under, and I'm going to place it at ten. Um, T.J. Hawkinson. Over under <laughs> ten receptions. You mentioned the three step drops. I think the Vikings are going to be very cognizant of telling Kirk Cousins football's got to come out, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and T.J. Hawkinson's good, uh, and their linebackers are not good. Uh, and Reed's banged up. Justin Evans was kind of eh. Um. Over under ten. It's a big number. See, I'll go under, but I'll go with something like eight catches, ninety-seven yards, and a touchdown. I can see whatever something like that. Some touchdown comes in the red zone, and then I can see because Jefferson's going to all is going to flow through Jefferson. I think it's, they're going to make him. I think he gets if anybody's double digits. I think it's still going to be him, but I can see I can see getting eight and near a hundred yards and just. And it won't be. It won't be. It'll be the annoying way if you look up from a defensive aspect because it's not going to be the big play down the field like a fifty-yard thing. It's no. going to be the six yards first yeah. down. 
Say so Sanders gets a first down. It's another seven or eight, and fine, and just I. I think that they're going to attack Ellis. I really think they're going to do that. because I'm not so much worried about Morrow and cover. I'm more worried about what they're going to do trying to get to Ellis. And we saw what the Patriots were doing when they were going in there and and they were going after him. So that's the, that's the cut of the zone area that I'm watching <laughs> for sure. And I just looked this up. I'm surprised by this. I'd forgotten. Shame on me for forgetting, but I did double check and look it up. Eagles Vikings last year. Johnny Mack says Eagle uh, Vikings interior defensive uh, offensive line might be the worst in the league. Eagles dominated the Vikings last year. How many sacks did they get in their seventy sack year versus the Vikings last year? I don't think they got a lot. I'm going to say two, two, two. That's all I got that no. day. And yeah. one of them was interior. Fred, Fred oh, smart, Scott. smart quarterback though. And he was just throwing the ball up for grabs. Slay had like 18 interceptions. Uh, he could have had 18 more. All right. Um, Paul Mac, out. Johnny Mac uh, led me right where I wanted to go. Thank you very much, Johnny Mac. The smart quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. Chris Franklin, when the Vikings are within six points in the fourth quarter with two minutes to go, and they're facing a fourth and eight, who will come up and make the tackle on TJ Hawkinson when Kirk Cousins throws it to him on a five-yard route on fourth and eight in the fourth quarter. Who's going to be the eagle that makes that tackle? He probably down a guy will, on the not-so-smart play that the Viking quarterback attempts to make. I'm going to go – I'll go no, – no, I want to go different. I want to go Evans. I think they'll be in big nickel. And I think Evans is going to move up a little oh, bit more. And I'm going to see that way, too. I was thinking ah. Rashawn Evans. I'm going, man, they're going to get him up to speed in 40. Oh, no. Nah. <laughs> really? That's no. what, oh, you're going Justin, Justin Evans. Justin Evans. I think it's going to be a safety. It's either Justin Evans or or maybe Terrell at just Justin Evans or Terrell Edmonds. One of, one of those two are going to be in a big nickel. I think that's what they're going to stop it that way. It's not. I think the only linebacker you may have on the field is Cunningham at that point and just say, you know what? You roll, you roll with it, and you just say, guys, just make a tackle. And just you part never of know. Game. He might throw it up to Jefferson. He threw it up to Jefferson in the Buffalo game. Right. That uh, was the right in the play. playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. And Justin. Now, Justin, Darius Slay shut down uh, Justin Jefferson last year. Probably the – definitely the worst game Jefferson had last season. Maybe the worst since he became a starter. Um but I, uh, I, the, 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 you know, the officials let Darius beat the living crap out of him. You get the wrong officiating crew this year, Chris. It ain't gonna happen again. Little handsy, you went yeah. back and yeah. checked that oh. film. Yeah, check that. Oh, was. Slay admitted it. Slay's <laughs> like, yeah, man, they let me play. He took advantage of it. Uh, if you get the normal NFL officiating crew, and I haven't looked who it is, but, um. Yeah, I wouldn't expect a repeat performance because that guy is special. Ain't pretty sure O'Connell's going to go right before the game and go start going. Yeah, remember, uh, watch, watch the hands on number two. Watch, watch his hands. We'll watch that one. Just start playing that bug early and often. Uh, if I'm him, I'm using it a little bit inside the uh, the press conference to draw even more attention to go. Well, you know, they got a little physical with us. Maybe too physical. I'm, wink, I'm, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm sure O'Con- the minute O'Connell hits the field, he's going to be lobbying. He's going to remember it, what happened last year. Um, <laughs> pay attention. Yeah. The minute. You're the, he hits let me the ask field. each of you guys. Let me play, put you in a position of playing Vikings offensive coordinator. Play one, you have Jefferson on the left side. 
and maybe Slay's covering him. Play two, you should absolutely have Jefferson on the right side and see if Slay's covering him. And play three, you should have Jefferson in the slot and see if Slay's coming. You got to determine that Slay is going to follow him everywhere that he goes. If that is the Eagles' choice, that they're going to do that and just have him follow him all over the field. Do you got any concerns about Job moving from left side to right side? Do you have any concerns about moving your slot cornerback outside? If you're going to do that, it makes sense. Yeah, and, and certainly Justin Jefferson deserves more attention, and you should bend the rules, your overall game-planning rules, to make sure he doesn't kill you. But that does put a couple of guys in a potentially untenable position. Does that scare you at all, Chris? I think I mean, if you had to move Maxley outside, it does a little bit because I think I like a little bit of the threat that he brings, either coming off the corner or if they decide to do a draw or something like that. His ability to be to be a tackler on that one too, and, and even if say if it's the red zone, if you're going in there, if you get a a, a bigger receiver going against that on a fade, yeah, I'm a little worried about that part. Job so much not Job not so much. Uh, uh, well, Job only if he goes in the slot. I'll say that one too. If they start to put like the odds want that, and even then, I think they start to make an adjustment. Say, hey, you bump out and take take the Y guy, and Maddox just stays in the middle in the slot there. So, yeah, Maddox is the only one I'm a little worried about. If he had to roll him to the outside, let him become an outside receiver in the red zone, especially that's where I'll, that's the one area I think I, I'd have some question marks about that because he's so valuable in the middle there. At C. Franklin News, make sure you read uh, Chris every day. does a tremendous job covering this team. Uh, I'll, I'll end it with um, Jordan Addison, man. Um, rookie, you never know, but he looks gifted. And, and, and the thing I like about him is he runs routes well. I always like young receivers. If they can run routes – and they reach the other stuff. They have that baseline. He obviously has the baseline from an athleticism standpoint. They're going to be good. Um, to have that compliment, Adam Thielen was a great player for a long time, but he's 32 last year. Couldn't get the separation any longer. Now you got that compliment back who can get that separation. Is there any chance James Bradbury can get through protocol by Thursday? I can't. I, I can't recall. I don't that. see it. Honestly, because then you have to you have to get him to he has to do a couple tests that that make sure he's all right that way. So then he has to do a physical test and the rest day and see how he responds to that. That's an extreme long shot. And even then, I think if he did get rushed through, you just bring up some more questions from the league and they'll start to look at some stuff. So I don't. If you had to say ask today, is he going to be active or not? I think he's going to be inactive. This is to me to get off. Go through the whole entire protocol and get him back on the field. You got, you got to hope he's. You got to hope it's like say a grade one, where it was just okay. You got hit. It was a little jarring, but it wasn't like it wasn't a grade three. He didn't lose consciousness. But grade two, that 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 stings. Trust me, I got a couple of those. Those are fun. But you know, the grade one area, that's the one where it's like if it's it hits you enough, and you're like, all right, I got a little headache, but I'm good. It's an outside shot, but I don't. Not knowing the grades, I think it's a, it's a big thing to deal with that, but I think it's a long shot, especially if it's a great two. All right. I was fearing that the birds at Chris Franklin's house were inactive, and then they came <laughs> So, we know they're good to go versus the Vikings. Short week doesn't matter. The birds at Franklin's house are good to go, and hopefully the Eagles are on as well. Chris Franklin, thanks for hopping in with us today. Thanks, bud. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a good one now.
well-dressed Chris Franklin here with us on Birds 365. All right, uh, Mac coming back. You know what we got to do, put a bow on the show. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging and they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Mac and Mac guys going to be back here again tomorrow to help uh, get you that much further ready for the Vikings because Lincoln Thursday is going to be here. Uh, so uh, looking forward to getting back here in 22 hours. Johnny Mac, I will make one prediction between now and when you and I return for 22 hours from now. The information brokers, and you know what I'm referring to when I say yes. that, right? the guys who are the lead guys in the National Football League, they're very good at what they do, but they also have allegiances to guys they get information from and put things out there because they want the information to continue to flow. You know what we're referring to here when I say information brokers. There will not be a report between now and when you and I return tomorrow 
and oh, there will be a big report about the status of Aaron Rodgers and whether it's an Achilles or whether it's going to be done for the year or whatever else. There will not be a report that the Jets have interest in Carson Wentz. <laughs> I am 99% sure that is the case um, because they do get information on Carson Wentz. Every time something crops up, oh, they're veteran to the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills could be interested in Carson Wentz. That is completely planted by Carson Wentz's agent. Uh, here's the problem with doing it now. If there is no signing, then there was no interest because there has to be interest for the Jets part to sign another quarterback. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is out for the year. Boyle is their backup quarterback right now who has never sniffed it down. They thought so little of him, they didn't keep him on the roster. They only got two quarterbacks on the roster, Rodgers and Zach Wilson. That's it. So they have to sign another quarterback. If there's interest in Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz should be a Jet. There's a reason that Carson Wentz won't be a Jet because there's no interest in Carson Wentz. So even the information brokers won't go there because they don't want to be shown to be wrong because the Jets are not reaching out for Carson Wentz. No, I, I I don't think they are, nor should they be. I mean, Joe's very familiar. We know what's going on with Carson Wentz. Tough story, um, you know, precipitous decline. It's hard to explain so many different facets to it, injury-related, mentally-related, uh, work ethic-related, um, sort of a perfect storm. You know, I, I, Jets fans, you're probably not going to like this, and I'll use you as a test subject, Jody. They got to go with Zach Wilson. They have to. They have to. That's their quarterback. That's what they have to do. They got to rebuild his confidence. I don't know how you do it. You got a great defense, as we mentioned. Um, they can make a special teams play. We saw that. Um, everything's in play. Garrett Wilson's a hell of a receiver. Nobody's going to know that probably this year until they get things done. They got a running game. Yeah, they have some issues on the offensive line, but, it, you know, if you if you sort of tighten things up and make it more of a game manager, you know, make it easy for him. Problem is, I don't like Nathaniel Hackett a little bit. I, I like him getting away from, you know, get out of Aaron Rodgers' way. Now you got to get in Zach Wilson's way. That's my biggest concern. Somebody's going to manage that poor kid. He's got talent. He's got no confidence. They got to build him up. That's the way you got to go. They have to go that way. You're right, but doesn't mean it's going to work. And I, I would, I would bet, bet good it. money against yeah, it. And the mistake will not be sticking with Zach now. The mistake was keeping him on the roster to begin with. When you get Rodgers, you got to get rid of the kid. You just need to move on and just get a veteran backup who is there in case Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Oh, shit, he got hurt. The season's over and done with. You got to plug a guy in who's been there and done that, not a guy who just can't get out of his own way. And Zach, but once you made the decision that Wilson was going to be the backup, you're right. Now he's got to stay as the backup. Uh, they're not going to find anybody at this stage of the game. But during the offseason, they could have gotten a better backup and they chose not to, which that's where I think Joe Douglas made a mistake. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think the hope was Aaron could get, you know, Zach Wilson has a ton of respect for Aaron Rodgers. I think the hope was that maybe, hey, this will work for two years and then Zach will be ready to go after sitting and, and rebooting and learning behind one of the greats. But, uh, yeah, not going to work. Oh, now he's got to play. 
Here's Didn't look great yesterday. Did not he look now, great. He now has every chance to get it right. By if the way, McMullen's right, and uh, Zach Wilson is a player, and there's talent there. Well, then it needs to show itself now. And by, uh, by the you're way, playing, you're you're an offensive quarterback with maybe the best defense in the National Football League. Uh, now, other quarterbacks have to go out and outscore other teams. Jets defense is going to keep you in every damn game. You got to go out and win games. Yeah. First of all, take care of the football. Don't turn it over. And I know we're late. I just, I haven't said this. I wanted to say it. Josh Allen is so damn reckless. Yeah. I don't want him in the conversation with the top quarterbacks in the NFL any longer. He is so stinking reckless with the football. I'm not talking about talent. Obviously, he's got tremendous talent. He's too reckless with the football. Four turnovers. Yeah, it's pretty obvious you're reckless with the football. And that's how the Jets won the game last night. Uh, I know Garrett Wilson made an unbelievable individual catch and a play, and they take a punt back in overtime to win it. The Jet defense won that game. Uh, they were that good, and well, and the special little, teams. I mean, you got to give the guy. You got to give the guy credit for winning the game. Who won the game? Um, you know, so yeah. Um, but if if they don't play the kind of defense and have the four takeaways, it never gets to overtime to make that punt return. A game is lost well before that. Uh, the Jets defense won the game for them last night. All right, J Mac, you and me back here again tomorrow. You got no ego responsibilities, right? The whole show. Uh, yeah, uh, Wednesday walkthrough, uh, not open to the media, Nick Sirianni video conference. I will be here. I will be here. McMullen will be here. McDonald will be here. That means Mac and Mac right back on Birds 365 and two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.